Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. Hope all is well with everybody. And uh, we have a great show today. Vincent Zandri and Fran Lewis are here. Fran is here. Vincent is not. <laughs> so it's probably got a, another book written in between. <laughs> okay. How are you, Fran? I'm hanging in there. I'm good. Okay. How are you doing? All right, good. Um, I just want to wish everybody, in case we don't get a chance to do it, a happy, healthy Jewish New Year. And it you starts this, this weekend. Yes, thank you. And... Um, I, let's see, before we, I do anything, because I always forget to put who's coming in next. i got uh, several good, really good shows coming up, too. You know, um, I, I, I'm trying to bring in a lot of people now that are really just talking about writing and, like Fran will be talking about reviewing and things like that and trying to help people out there. Because I think, Fran, I think you know this also, is mm-hmm. that, the problem is is that people are getting all these emails. This one wants to go to that place to get you know published. This review, that marketing mm-hmm. place. I mean, I, I think people are so confused out there of what they're even writing because half the time they're reading the text, the emails, whatever they're getting. And people, I'm sure you get them too. There's like so many people out there that are telling everybody what to do. You're 100% right. I got one today from someone, I won't say who, well-known author that says for $60 for one hour, uh, for three sessions, 180 or maybe $200, i will teach you how to get your book published. Right. I got Which one, really, yeah, I got one that says... Vincent is here. And oh, good. Vincent, that's what Vincent is here for, to tell everybody how to... How to how to fill in all the cracks that there are in this publishing world because you right. do it on your uh, I you know what I listen to so many of your YouTubes because it's all about writing and what writers need to do so welcome to the show again and I talk about you a lot when you're not even on Thank the you. show but, and Fran well, and I, I both know <laughs> because yes. you are honest you you say the way it is you don't like right fluff it up and make it smooth. It's the way it like no, no fluff in here. Uh, right. You want to just say a little bit about yourself because um, those that don't know who you are, but you are an avid, you are a writer that writes. You yeah, write, I'm a write, full-time writer. I am. I am. I do this for a living. Um, let's see. I have about, I don't know, I think I'm working on like book 90, 91 yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. I mean, that includes novellas and shorter pieces, too, or whatever. But, but those uh, are so like, work. That's work. I know. So there's like 90 books in print, exactly. Wow. And uh, I also do some freelance 
uh, not as much as I used to anymore. I've been a freelance journalist and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I've hit all the bestseller lists and all that stuff and, um, you know, won the awards, the Thriller Award, the Seamus Award, nominated for a Derringer. Um, So, you know, uh, it's been – and, you know, I've had a lot of great ups. I've had a lot of big downs. And uh, now it just seems to have, like, sort of balanced off in, in the center, you know, and, you know, yeah. like, and I've, I'm, I've become old enough and been experienced enough now after 24 years or something like that, where I know, like, the highs aren't that high and the lows aren't that low. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. like, and uh, so long as I, so long as I, you know, my kids are grown, <laughs> so, like, as long as I make <laughs> enough money yourself. to put away a little bit and, and to yeah. travel and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a happy camper. Right. And so, and I met you through Fran and Fran, you know, Fran reviews a lot of books, and both of us have agreed on this. I mean, you're very helpful, which is really nice. I mean, because you answer questions for people that, you know, I mean, there's so many people out there. So, Fran, you know about this, too. You want to just say a little bit about what you do because you're the reviewer here. Well, I was honored the other day on Facebook that somebody named me the queen of book reviews. Oh, okay. <laughs> I cracked up laughing, and I said, okay. where's my crown? Because <laughs> right. I deserve one. <laughs> I, right. I review books, and it's hard because I want to make sure that I, you know, focus on the, you know, the person's work and showcase it, and it's really hard when the book isn't good, but I try my best. <laughs> um, I love interviewing people. I put something on Facebook that I've never done before because it's getting to me. I said it's really great to interview authors and everything. Being interviewed would be nice, too. I just put oh, that on there. Yeah. Well, there you oh, are. There you go. <laughs> You're on the show. <laughs> You've been I on know. my shows many times. You know, look, I think, you know, for writers out there, it, listen, everybody is out there trying to write good stories. Some are copying mm-hmm. people. And, Fran, you had a question about that, you know, about, you know, you wanted to talk a little bit also about, you know, when you have an idea – is it someone else's idea? Because I just was, Vincent, you, I think you just had a, um, a YouTube about it, too, about that you can come up with a story that you did before, but you change it. And you, there's so many, yep. only so many plots. So Fran was, had some questions like that. Fran, you know, I know you have one particular one. Well, you know, my face is behind the Stone series. The problem is, is that the, the characters tell it from the point of view because they're dead, which is really good, behind the gravestone. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. The problem is that I'm right. trying to figure out how to make them darker so people really feel bad. This particular one is called, I'll give it away, Accusations, the Accused. And they're people that were wrongly accused of doing something, and they're telling their story. But I want to make it so that people really feel bad and understand that what they went through is horrible. So how do I make it more, more you know, the evil I mean, one is a teacher that's wrongly accused. This is a true story. Hmm. The next two are not, yeah, they're not. And the one is about something that happened to myself with my principal, that we were told that if we didn't fudge the writing scores on the test, that we would have a serious problem with the chancellor's office, and that that was a whole other thing. So how do I make it really awful? How do I make it so that it's darker? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I think, um, 
I'm not like I. I mean, I give more like the writer's life type thing. You know, like I don't mm-hmm. really get into how. Yeah, see, because right. Specifically, because I think what handle your right, manuscript, but I I yeah. can tell you this. Um, not to mean to interrupt, but the more understated, the better, mm-hmm. and the more like cold. I think your your mm-hmm. antagonist comes off, maybe the mm-hmm. better, but not not obnoxiously so, mm-hmm. um, because often people who are awful will come off being very genuine and very nice. And, and uh, um, you know, yes, because everybody, you know, kind of oh, like... Underneath. Yeah. Like fake? Oh, underneath. Yeah. Kind of yeah. 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 like what, what Salzberg and Belsky were saying last time we talked about this on your show, Fran, I think it was, is that, like, everybody's mm-hmm. got the good and evil in them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there could be just some a little thing that, that your antagonist does that sort of proves that he's just sort of like an evil person, you know, like maybe slaps yeah, his dog or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. um, see, Fran, cause cause Fran you're right. You, cause she writes deep characters anyway, Fran, your characters are not sweet. No. And this was this third story <laughs> is a true story. And I was called by something. I was in charge of testing for this, for the school in the district. And um, I got a call from the chancellor's office and the board of ed saying that the scores that we did for writing and math, they weren't high enough. What was I going to do about it? I said, absolutely nothing, because that's what the children got. They expected me, and they threatened. They said that we need you to give the test over. Well, we're going to send you, this is a true story, um, scoring sheets, and you just have to fill in the scores um, and make them better. And I refused. Oh my to God! Do it. I refused. Yeah, it's just fact. My principal got on the phone, and I said to her, "This is not up to me. Up to you. I can give the test again, but I will not score them that way." And right. we turned it down. And about a week later, the State Department demanded copies of all the tests, all the children's practice, and everything. Wow. And uh-huh, and I had to yeah. and I had to go through every test and tell why the score was a one or a two because that's failing. And about wow. a, after I did that, I got a month later. The State Department called the school and sent a letter that's apologizing and said out of 250 scores, they would not change one. Mm. Oh, good. Wow, that's a good uh, help. You know, listen, yeah, it didn't Fran, help because you're going to write. Are you writing that story? Real uh, is. Full, or are you writing a novella? Or are you writing? What are you doing with it? It's I'm taking the I'm taking the character of the principal, and she's dead. She died. Um, she was forced out afterwards because of what we oh. wouldn't do. So I'm taking it as a as a Faces Behind the Stone series. But my other idea is a little over the top. I'm not sure about that. All right. Well, see, I mean, you're. I I think you know just from knowing what you write, you have already tough characters but you know i think one of the things is that vincent you are you said and uh i it was just one of the ones you just did actually one of your youtubes it's about really when we're writing we really have to entertain people too and you have to mm, right. like it yourself so do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about how you because that's really important and i think sometimes mm. people forget what they're really doing when they're writing right um I think so. I mean, I mean, there are writers out there who make a really good living writing to market, even though they probably can't stand mm-hmm. with the writing. But you know, kudos <laughs> to them if they can pull it yeah. off. 
I, yeah. I, I'm not one of those persons. I need to really right. um, be entertained myself, and you know, yeah. you know, and if I'm laughing and and like high fiving myself along the way, right. even if <laughs> right. nobody right. else I get it. likes the story eventually, <laughs> right. then 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 I'm perfectly happy with it. You know, like yeah. and 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 it'll you know like I, I know like if I'm entertaining myself, hopefully it means I'm, I'm I'll be able to entertain someone else and like like and, and i'll often take sometimes like um i'll steal from uh um what's happening you know uh what's happening in the news these days or whatever and like that whole thing with, with like eighty-seven thousand new irs agents who are going to be armed right and i'm like there's got to be a story there right yeah and, right. and so I, you know like <laughs> and i've got these I've, I've got these minor serial characters that I've been working on, and this guy, the, the Tossi gang, they're, they're, they're Italian mobsters, who like low-level Italian mobsters who live up in Albany, but this one guy, Frank Tossi, he owns a couple of bars and maybe a laundromat or two or whatever, And but he's got a really sweet daughter who just graduated like from Providence College, and she's got pigtails, and you would never think she comes from a mobster, but and she's the right. sweetest girl in the world. But she's learning the business, and she's also learning how to torture and things like that, or whatever. And 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 anyway, this little bespectacled IRS agent shows up to look at the books, and he comes with a gun. And um, it turns out that like Frank Tosti bullied him when he's when he was in when he was in uh, junior high, and he's like he's like I never do forget. Kids don't forget that. Right. He's like they're bullied. Yeah. He's like, I, I've seen six of you guys, and I saved the best for last. And so, like, it goes from there, and I'm just having so much, so much fun with it, you know. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it, it'll be a short thriller type thing, and uh, I'm have, actually having a lot of fun with these two characters. So when characters, you say short, you know. is it like novella length, or is it shorter than that? Is it short? Yeah, or? about novella length, like anywhere from 17 to 25,000 words. So. You are, you're having 11 novels that you have just come out with. So, and yeah, gonna do, I just handed in 11 novels to uh, Down and Out. Yep, yep. And how, yeah, what are, the pay, are, are they large or are they novellas? Or? Uh, no, these are, well, the, oh, let me see. Um, eight of, no, no, like nine of them are like 60,000 word jobs. Um, wow. A lot of them are Dick Moonlight, or at least two of them are Dick Moonlights. Um Wow. Two of them are reprints from Polish books that I got the rights back. Um, and one of them is going to be is my American Crimes book, which is like 150,000 words. But that can be oh, broken up wow. into three separate books. Right, right. Um, so, and I think we're going to do several seasons of that. And yeah. I own one more Moonlight, so we're going to do that too. But but this is an example of um, of a really good publisher uh, and this is the publisher I won the Thriller Award and the Seamus Award with. Um, but this is an example of a publisher who's willing to take chances and who's right. willing to just do something mm-hmm. that's entirely outside the box. And, uh, and Charlie Salzberg publishes with them, too. And, so, and I think Dick might yeah. a little bit. But, but yeah, and it's because no no other publisher would do this. No way would they put out a book I think a they month. should no, do it they more. Just I do think, it. But they should. Because you know why? Because every, if, if you stay inside the box, then you're just like everybody else. And I don't know. Right. I, I know you don't. I feel the same way too. I don't want to be like everybody else. Fran's not like everybody else either. You want to have your nope. own identity. You don't want to be right. like a cookie cutter writer. That's right. I mean, 
And that's so right. that's why I think publishers should do that because there are a lot of people out there that are sick of reading the same old, same old, which, Fran, you can address because you read books constantly. How many of them are really the same, same old, same old? I would say out of the mystery thrillers that I've read in the last year, which is about 150, 200, I think, really, I would say, yeah, I'm serious, about 75% of them are the same. And I won't tell you who I'm reading now. Right, no, right. uh, But I could tell you now that the author whose book I'm reading now, he's famous, so I will not say who it is, definitely copied the first scene from another author um, that, that that I read, and it's the, oh the first scene is exactly the same, and the rest wow. of it is just a bunch of um, cartels and mafia, and everybody gets killed every scene. And it's just, you know, sending two agents to do something. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to diplomatically say it's okay, but it's definitely not. Most of them are copied. I mean, even the simple, um, the latest, the latest mystery thrillers I'm reading all are sex trafficking. It gets to be old after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they but think that's what people want to read, and you know, know, and that's one of the things, right? Because I think Vincent, you have an imagination, which writers should have, or they probably shouldn't be doing writing, but you mm-hmm. should have. Yeah, a, yeah, if you have yeah, an imagination, let it go. You obviously right. do. Right. And that's why you have fun. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I scare myself. You scare uh, me too. Think, yeah, but you know, that's <laughs> I know good I because you're not cookie cutter. And I think that's the thing for me. Like, I think I'm going to probably switch my name again because when I wrote all my screenplays, <laughs> I wrote under a different uh-huh. name. I can write better when it's not me. Because I then right. I let myself go because I you know I don't want right. I don't need to be talking about me I just want to write the story and that's it and when I wrote right. screenplays it was like that but then since I did the show then I put my name on everything but then I really think a writer that really has an imagination just let it go don't be like everybody yeah. else and I like agree. You, said, I you agree. have to have fun fun yep and fun that's why I like to write. Right into the dark, you know, that term that Dean Wesley Smith, the the great mm. pulp writer, says, you know, like, that's the beauty of if you can train yourself, if you can get yourself to a point where you're basically just starting with a title and just a, just a, just a, an inkling of an idea and you go from there um, without any kind of outlining or any kind of, for, you know, like... Yeah. Like, like, I, for instance, I'm working on. Uh, I mean, then, 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 then it should be original. It should be. It should be like doing crazy things, and it, your imagination should be going nuts. But like, like I, I don't like it. Like John Irving always said, like, oh, I can always tell when a writer didn't know the ending before he started. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's kind of that's kind of horseshit because yeah. to me, that's just well, that means you're yeah. writing under academic rules. Right. And you know, and I've met, I've met. Mr. Irving many times. He's, an, he's the nicest guy. Um, but, like, I'm like, I don't agree with your writing philosophy at all. Um, but anyway, um, you know, like, I, yeah, but I, I, think, I know. I think, like, I think that's I, true, I, though. I, for a lot of writers, a lot of writers that are on the show, I've noticed that they, a lot of them do say the same thing. They don't use an outline. Years ago, I think people felt they had to write an, with an outline. Right. But I think because of independent publishing, a lot of people now are freer 
and at least they know if they're going to put it out, it's because they're putting it out, and they don't have to have a publisher who's going to say, I don't think the public's going to like this, or you don't shouldn't have this right. or that, so they're freer. Right. And that's one of the good things about independently publishing people that are out there now. You know, if you can't get a publisher, just don't stop writing because you're not having a publisher. Just move on and write. Right. Oh, sure. Um, publishing yeah. will take care of itself. But um, yeah. but for instance, I'm writing a new Steve Jobs book right now. Also, um, about thirty thousand, a little over thirty thousand words into it, and I know the ending, and it's bugging me that I know the ending. It's going to be a good ending, but and uh, Fran, I think you'll like it. But I mean, but it's just like now, it's like I'm writing it, and I know like I have to take the right roads to get there, and I don't yeah. want that. You know what I mean? So right, like I'm right. still trying to keep the ending out of my brain. Yeah. The only I thing know. you have to do is make sure that the books have large print so I can read them real fast. I, 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 I know. Just I, can, I, I, don't, I don't have control over that, unfortunately. That's like, I don't think Down and Out does the large print books. Um, well, bigger than one five that I, I just finished. I just read oh, two really? books that I had. I needed a magnifying glass to finish them. And I felt oh bad God. because, yeah, the books were so, they were really good. You probably would love it. One was about this guy that was a death penalty that was wrongly accused. At 19 years old and at 20 he was killed and he didn't do what they said he did. Uh, it was really wow. sad. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. One of their best books awesome. and then I wrote one about the Bronx and it took me forever to read it because the font was too small. I'm so sad. Uh, uh, I wonder why they do that. I, you know, I, well, same you know, paper. Cause really, it doesn't, a lot of people don't really like it when it's really small. You know, um, I think, no, I don't I think either. publishers yeah. sometimes they do it. I think publishers sometimes they do what they used to do, and some of them they don't change. You know, and I think yeah. that's an issue. They have to sometimes go with the times. But I do think because when we started doing podcasts, Fran, I, I don't know, it was about fourteen years ago. But you know, nobody even knew what a podcast was. But so with audio books, I mean, a lot of people like, and you are one of them that will not read an audio book. But no, definitely, not. I keep telling you that. The books you write, Fran, particularly, would be really good as audio books because an audio book, something about it, I don't know. I love them because you just kind of get into it, and it's you're not looking at the paragraphs. You're not looking at anything. You're just listening to the story. So, I, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like audio books, but I love them. And I think, sure. you know, people should consider doing Like, Vincent, you have audio, a lot of audio books, and that's important. I yeah, think I'm an author. Yeah, I've sold a lot of them. Um, I've never listened to one. Um, I've never listened to one of my own, that, which mm. which would drive me insane. Well, um, but I've and I've never. Um, you know why you should. To I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why you should listen, because when you listen to it, it's the strangest feeling, because you're yeah, listening is. to a book you wrote, but it you don't feel like you wrote it. It's weird. You you know oh, you I wrote bet it, it is. But, yeah. but yeah, because it, because sometimes you think then. What was I thinking when I wrote that book? Because when you're listening right. to it, it takes you to the place you were when you wrote the book, but without right. hearing it, you would, it's different. And it, it really is different. Yeah. I mean, I, I, even one of my books, I even called up, you know, I actually <laughs> called up the narrator, and I thought she added some stuff. And then I went back and looked at the uh-huh. book, and it was my words. But I said, oh, gee, she added this <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, and wow. it wasn't, you know, because it is a different experience. But people, right. I mean, it's the voice, the voice. If the voice right. is bad, that's not going to work. And you have a, like, yeah. you have so many books, so you haven't listened to any of them that are on audio? None. 
No, I haven't listened to a single oh one. <laughs> Try it. Yep. Try yep. one. And I, and I have a really good, you know, my main narrator, um, I, I've had some really good Hollywood narrators from the publishers, but, like, my yeah. main narrator I use, like, for my Bear Media books, and so he's really good, too. Um, and so, like, I just listened to the first couple of graphs, and I'm like, okay, he got the, he got yeah. the, you know, the, the inflections right, and he's doing, you know, right, and he right. knows my characters so well now that uh, um, he just fits right in. Like he's Chase Baker, right, he you know, like he he is it, you know. Yeah, and so yes, that's see, that's the other thing, right? And if you can keep using the same one, yeah, you know, and if because you know, I don't think people really understand that audiobooks to to narrate them, it's very hard. It's very time consuming. Oh, yeah. And they have to, sure. the breath has to be right. I mean, it, it's not easy. Yep. I, I wouldn't want to do it my own. I, you know, I don't, I think it's really great how people can do that because it is a gift yeah. to do a good audio book. You know, and it's something that's yeah. not, you know, I should never say never because I've said never so many times and then done it. Right. But, you know, that's the other thing, you know. But I think, I, would you explain a little about your reason, your thinking on film noir and what, and the erotic noir, because I want to read The Handyman. You know, so I, people would understand that genre better. What What is it to you that makes that a certain genre for you, that makes you want to do that? Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, the appeal to me was, I mean, first of all, like, it's really just hard-boiled fiction because there's a real yeah. mystery going on and a really exciting mystery, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just that the 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 sex portion of it is much more yeah. explicit and much, much more dramatized and the sex yeah. part of it in itself becomes almost like a character. And, yeah. um, you know, and, an and, and they come out and, you know, and they'll say, you know, like, you know, like in this particular experience, they'll be like, you know, we need this, you know, like we need that part of our lives. Like some people need to breathe, you know? Right. And, yeah. um, and it just becomes, you know, and, and the handyman himself, like he he does two things. He will he he can't write unless he he kills somebody. But he will only kill somebody who's um, absolutely abusive and just horrible to their spouse. And so they're right. desperate, and they come to him, and that it serves two purposes. One, you get rid of like a piece of crap from the planet Earth, and two, then he can write about it. But the problem is, once he writes about it, like the police are on to him and they're like, this guy knows an awful lot. It's almost like he was a forensics person on the case, you know? So like, he's always on the run and, you know, eventually he has to change his identity and this, all this stuff. And, um, so yeah, I just finished season four. It's up on Kindle Vela now in uncut form, but it'll be in book form next year. See, that's why I'm talking about Kindle Vela because you, you like to be on there. So I think people want to yeah. uh, people do want to understand Kindle Vela because uh, people don't know exactly what it is, why we have, you know, why they have it, and what it could right. do for authors. It can do a lot because right. it can get stuff out. So explain oh God, why yeah. you like it. Why, why you like it? I like I like it because I mean, in my my experience thus far, and I've been doing it for almost a year, is it really it's upped my word count. And it's also made me write much cleaner first drafts. Um, okay. That's because, you know, like really all you have to do is write a clean first draft, run it through Grammarly, and uh, yep. and get it going. You know, um, and that's acceptable. So long, 
like I tell the people, like this is, you know, you're getting a raw and uncut version of this book, which will eventually be oh, that's a edited good, professionally. That's, and and that's if they great, don't, you know, if that's that makes really a, good, yeah, advice. yeah. And so I'm perfectly honest right up front. Um, great. And in some cases, people like that. They're like, oh, I'd like to get a hold of this, you know, like and see yeah. it this way. But, um, but from but that's great. Here's the thing. If you if you're a prolific writer, if you can do, you know, if you're doing sixty to ninety thousand words a month, it can be a real game changer for you, and you can make a lot of money from it. But if you're not that kind of writer, if you're a two or three book a year writer, tops, yeah. um, I wouldn't even bother with it. Yeah. See, I think because it, w- it wouldn't even be worth know, it. I think, right, I think a lot of people, myself included, which I'm actually changing, turning around the corner and, you know, is by writing, you know, uh, just going to write more because I do, you know, I I have the shows, which I love my shows and I'm still going to do them, but, you know, it. I have to look up everything, you know, do their pictures. And all. It takes off a lot of time, oh, sure. so I'm going to yeah. have to try. So I have to try yeah. to, and I write for the magazine and I like to, find a story that I'm interested in doing so I have to interview people right. and I love that part but I also know I need to write more and I do write and I have notes all over and I have scenes all over I have scenes because I was a screenwriter so once I write a scene then I right. can do a chapter and so I think for me I, I know I miss screenwriting but I know my chances of it getting out there even though I was optioned so many times it doesn't matter right. so people that's why I keep yeah. telling people just keep writing you know and that's why yeah. you know when I when I feel like I need to get it in my head, I turn on one of your YouTubes and says, "Oh, just write." And you know, so I think that's a yeah. problem for people. We all, you know, people get busy. A lot of people have small kids. They do a lot of different things. Right. They're in different organizations. But if you don't keep writing, then I don't think it's you're not really a writer anymore. You're a person that's marketing, and you know. And I leave right. that now. I'm trying to do it at late at night because I think, and I've noticed you, you know. When you're marketing, Fran, too, I, I find it for me, I should just market and not go back and have to thank everybody because I'm thinking I, I have so many different pages and I'm thinking, look at the time I'm spending. So how do you get your time of, because you're out there also on, you know, different, you know, social media. How do you decide right. how much is enough for you? Yeah, well, I still try to use the 80-20 principle, the 20% being like the marketing part. But um, yeah. I, I definitely think that um, by putting out more and more content, we've definitely since COVID, we've entered in an era of it used to be content is king prior to COVID. Yeah. And now I, yeah. think, now I think it's content is king and queen. Um, people, people want more. You know, that's why we're doing this book a month yeah. thing because we're like, well, okay, maybe it takes six hours to read a book. What are you going to do with the rest of your time? They're going to go to another author, you yeah. know, and so like right. if they know you're going to have, you know, books coming up like that. Um, but um, but I told myself like two years ago, when but around the time COVID started, I'm like, I got to like just pick like one or two things and stick with them in terms of marketing. So I started The Writer's Life like mm-hmm. last year. Uh-huh. I didn't want to do a full podcast for just the reasons you're you're saying right, um, right. that you have you have to you know get get the interviewee and you have to you have to do the research. I just wanted to do a YouTube channel where I talk about my experiences as a, as a writer, yeah. not how to just and and that 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 has worked out really well. Um, I have a Substack letter now, 
that takes me all of like five minutes to put out every day. Um, and that, and a little bit of social media now and then if, you know, like Instagram, like I'll, I'll do a, you know, like put something up on stories or something in the feed. And I gotta be honest, that's about it now. I mean, I really don't do a whole lot more than just write the next book. Yeah. Fran, what about you? I mean, you know, you're, you have a show and you have several shows a week. So how, how do you fit this in, or do you just you, you basically use your podcasts as you? No, sometimes I actually put something out that I'm writing something, or I'll, you know, like um, Karen p- promotes my books. So I right. said, um, sisters, two sisters from the Bronx, and I just what I would love more readers or reviewers. Of course, nobody's heard that, but you know, read it. But I just <laughs> say it. I, I market everybody else basically. It yeah, takes me, I know that. That's the thing. Me, that's one of the. That's the thing because you write your book do. reviews. It takes a while to write a book review. It depends yes. on the book. But basically, I read the book and the reviews on my phone. I write it as I as I read it, so it doesn't yeah. take that long. And then I send it to myself, and then I try to correct it so I don't have any typos. So sad. Right. And then um, I I write the questions for the author. They get them before the interview. So they yeah, could tell right. me whether they, yeah, that 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 gets to be sticky after a while, and then of course I do the interview. It takes forever, but I want to make sure that I don't blindside anybody. And right. yeah, like I send something to an author, publicist, and the author has a team of twenty people that read my questions mm-hmm. and said they were good wow. questions, but there were several. Wait, twenty people? Twenty people had to approve your questions? Yep, I did no idea. Oh, the person is a, fa- is a famous cardiologist. She's a cardiologist. She wrote a really good book, and they asked for the interview, and I sent questions that are really good. And they said, these questions, you know, they'll give away too much. Not really. And we would like you to replace those with these questions. And I said, basically, it's my, you know, interview to whatever. I said, the heck with it. I don't care. And I, you know, I deleted them. <laughs> I deleted them. I said, "What the heck?" And I changed them, and then I added a couple more. And she's a famous cardiologist, and the book is scary as anything. Uh, how would you feel if you got a card from the mail or a card while you're in the hospital that says your heart attack will happen in one hour? Because there's oh. a little chip on the on the card, and it actually does happen. That's all oh. I'll say. It's the type. The book That's is really cool. scary. I don't want to be your head doctor. I don't think I want that doctor. That's not going to happen. (laughs) No, I I get, get, you know, people that, you know, like the questions. And sometimes, like today with with Tim Ahrens, I, you know, kind of add some questions. Because I had only 50 and it, you know, went fast. So I might say, can you tell me how you write your characters or something like that? But I don't blindside people. Yeah. I got blindsided right. on the last one that right, somebody I, did right, to me. Right, right, right. And that's the other thing. Have You've been blindsided, so you don't like that. No, I got blindsided when I was interviewed by somebody in um, <laughs> August. And I knew I was going to get blindsided. And I wrote uh, my book with sisters. And I wrote about um, certain things that happened when we were growing up. And the the or person the interviewer picked the two incidents that I really didn't want to talk about. That were definitely the most embarrassing, whatever, and I just went with it. And yeah. I was like, I knew, she, I knew that, I knew she was going to do it, and I knew she was going to blindside me because I really didn't want to talk about this particular incident that happened, 
And she said, how did you do that? I said, I just, just did. And I yeah. just didn't say anything. I just answered the questions, wanting to, you know, like, crawl under the rock and hide, but whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, I like that's this bad. Were you ever yeah, blindsided on a, Vincent, on a show? On, I don't think you, I don't think it's in your personal. I don't think it's in your personal. No, I don't think there's blindsided. any. I think if anything, you know, I end up blindsiding other people. But um, right. no, I can't think of anything. That, um, you know, like because anything's for me is, is fair game. You know, I don't. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah, and I think that's good. You know, and you know, like for me, when I. Some people, if they're afraid, I talk to them first, you know, and I call them and I talk to them, and they go, well, what will you do on the show? I go, exactly what we're doing right now. So I don't want them to be right. afraid, and I don't want them to be right. scared, or I don't want them to think I'm going to blindside them. I, I would never do that, and even before the show, if there's new people that I haven't met, I just say, is there something you don't ever want to talk about? Because I certainly wouldn't want to do that, and it's easy for them to right. come on this show, especially because I don't have questions written. I just go from what I know from the person, and I write down, you know, like if I like, you know, like today I wrote, a little notes about what I like about the things that you say, so then that's, that's the questions. You know what I mean? So I think, right. and and people come on the show, they go, they were worried that we'll have nothing to say. I go, listen, I've done this for like 14 years. If, I, right. if you don't talk, I'll talk. Don't worry about it. You're not going to have any blind right. time. Right. You know, and be, but because I've been writing for so long, I was an agent and, you know, a screenwriter. So whatever we're talking about, I've kind of been there, done that. So I think for me, right, but I don't, give questions but i can see if you have 15 people or so 20 people reading all your questions oh that's tough you know that's not right. gonna happen <laughs> it is tough and you're gonna crack up laughing because i just got an email from a publicist the <laughs> book is about serial killer murder mysteries <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah Again. but i think they just it, asked I, me I if i would review it it's a true story too Oh my God! I don't think Vincent. Well, you don't watch as much TV as like the rest of us. No, I should, but life. I don't. Well, no, you seem to manage to get stories out without watching it, and so you, you know that's one of the things. A lot of people need to like watch things to get their mind working. You know, I can be watching right. something on TV and I'll go like, "Oh, this is my character." Not anything that's on the TV. It's just my brain picks up some word. Right. Go, oh. It has right. nothing to do with anybody well, said on TV. Yeah, but there, there's a, there is a lot of value to it. Like, um, um, I wish I was more interested in it and more interested in movies, you know, yeah. because, I mean, I watch a lot of old movies and things like that. That's a strike against me right there. But um, you know this as a screenwriter, but... Um, like, for instance, I'll, uh, I, you know, I'm convinced I'd probably do much better in multimedia land if I did pay more attention to television and movies. Um, but, like, for instance, like Blake Crouch, for instance, um, really good writer, but he was so influenced by television in the early 90s, um, especially, especially like Vince Gilligan stuff and uh, um, um, Oh, some some of the stranger shows that came out around that time, and and I think, you know, his work lends itself to 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 movies and 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 TV much more than mine does, and I think there's a reason for that because he because he immersed himself in that in that genre, and and, and I never have. I just but you seem you to know, come up with stories because, like that though. You come up with all yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. I mean, we're, we're always getting. It, 
Yeah, we're always getting, you know, calls and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, yeah. but they, they always seem to go to the next one. <laughs> like, well, you know, uh, we, we were going to sell the remains. To, I, I just told you guys this before. We were yeah. all set to sell the remains to Mel Gibson, and his person got mad at him and left, and that, that was the end of that deal. Yeah, I mean, we were literally in, yeah. the, in the signing stages, and it was like, ah. Yeah, new regime, that means everything changes, and that's because that's yeah. what one likes, the other one doesn't. However, you know, when... When you're watching old movies, see, like old movies, and I see a lot of people online, they're watching old movies. And it's really shocking. Yeah. They're really young young people. And I think that's great because the young, story, the young, the, the young people are watching stories that, because the, the stories are just, maybe a lot of them are very similar. However, the characters and their dialogue is just, it's right. good. You know, and it's That's not... The, the dialogue and, is so much yeah. better. Yeah. Oh, my God. The dialogue is fabulous. And also, they don't have cell phones. They don't have any no. anything to distract from what the characters are saying. And if they're going to solve right. a murder, they don't, they're not going to look it up on a computer and they're going to just find right. all the information. They've got to actually work the case. Right. I know. And, you know, you know, that's one of the things. That's one of the... I don't even think it's a trope, but, like... You know, I it's the obligatory scene where the PI's got to go on the laptop and go through, you know, like the news and see what, what's been done before. You have to actually do it, and you know, yep. because people will call you out on it, you know. Um, and so yeah, I'm yeah. trying to, like, keep it as brief as possible at right. this point, you know. You it's know, like, like, you know. You know the scenes that you see, like even when I, I I go, why do they every scene they have to go into the men's bathroom? I I have no idea why that has to be. <laughs> they go in there, and I'm thinking, what the hell are they doing all the time? They it's it's a scene right. that they seem to go in there and they're talking to someone, and I mean it's in a, man, a male bathroom, and I'm thinking to myself, why do they need that? It doesn't have any value, right. but they're all in there yeah. because that's just what right. they see, you know, and you can get to a place where you need to be without being in that scene, you know, and that's what I think what people yeah. do is they look at a scene and they go, oh, okay, I should put that in my book, and then they put it in, it doesn't even belong, you know, and that's another right. thing. You know, about when you, we talk about film noir, I think um, when I have a lot of erotic authors on, I'm having some of them on from Naughty Nights again, um, Piper will be with me, Piper Stone, and um, – Gina Kincaid's group is there from Naughty Nights. And, you know, we, we talk about this a lot, but why is it when you write like a hard-boiled murder mystery and there's an erotic scene, that doesn't make Amazon upset? But why is it when you put an erotic, you know, if you put that as a hashtag or a, a day, Amazon goes berserk and takes it oh, to the down. Yeah. They're, they're all the way on the bottom. Right, you have to say it's steamy, not erotic, and then right. then they're good right. with it. Steamy, right? Yeah. Steamy, yeah. Because it's really because I I look at all these older. Well, Fran, you know that you see. Well, you don't like to read real erotic books, right? That's not on. No, your I won't. Uh uh-uh. uh But why? Okay, I won't. this is a good. Why? What do you mean you won't? Why is it though? I mean, if they're if they have an erotic scene, what what if the book is fab? What well, I'm sure some of the authors that you're you're inter, you know you're reviewing have sex scenes. Not really that much, and if it's really too too visual, I just skip over it because I've seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I just 
I just pass right over it and then go like, <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. I don't need to have the picture of where it's going and who's sticking to where. And it just sort of sometimes detracts from the, the novel, yeah. Especially yeah. when it's when it's abusive kids. That gets me oh, that's really different. upset. I don't do. I won't write. Oh well, yeah, we're not. not nobody's that, going there. That gets there. me yeah. really upset. No. But then, but they don't write I mean, that. Like a normal don't. character. I go like, what? But why erotic do you have writers to don't do that. that Who cares? Yeah, the erotic yeah. writers don't do that. That's something. I, I that's I don't. Go, I would never. I, that's not on my list of anything. I hate that. That's not going to. No, happen. no. People got to be. No, mis- no, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But erotic writers do, a lot of them have really good stories. And, and the shame of it all is their books don't get noticed as much. But, and some, and, but they, some of them do really well. They do. If you, just, if you have a cover with a guy with no shirt on, there you go. Yeah. You've got, you got yeah. a bestseller. You know, because there's enough right. people out there that want that. And so yeah. they keep writing it. Depends on what's between they write the pages, though. Depends yeah. on what they write. And I can hear my mother's voice. Don't read that. It's unacceptable. Oh. <laughs> Don't, See, ask. I, my grand- Don't ask. <laughs> See, I, my grandmother used to read the books like uh, Carpetbaggers and all those old, you know, all those older books right. that, oh, my God, Harold Robbins and all that. That's what I grew nope. up from her. She had all these copies of books of these, oh, my God. And she, yeah. you know, it was just she didn't care, you know, and it, it was just part of the yeah. book. And and someone like Harold Robbins was so successful years ago. People were standing in line at bookstores waiting for their books. They don't, you know, they don't do that yeah. now. I mean, those kind of books right. made it years no, ago. No, that that's over. Yes, that that yeah, era is over. But it's funny. My mother, my mother will say, you know, if if she reads a, a <laughs> one of one of the sex scenes in one of my hard boiled novels, she'll say. Um, <laughs> She's like, I can't, I can't read that part because then, then I think that like you, you, you're, you're into that type of thing, you know, uh-huh. and like, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm like, mom, stop telling me this stuff because then it'll, if it'll affect the way I write my books, you know. She doesn't even know about the Handyman series. I, she, she would have a heart attack. Well, I, I can't disagree on that because, you know, I think when I wrote my Virginia Templeton series, my father was not around. So I don't know what that would have been like. I don't think I would have ever given him that book you know, right. that I wrote. But, you know, right. I think that's that's a problem, though, because but that is a huge market, though. And the people that really right. do well, they keep writing them, and they have, they have right. fans. Oh, my God. They're waiting yep. for their books. So, you know, right. and so that's a market. You know, and I sure. think a lot of them write good. They do write good books, and they have sex in it, right. but they also have good stories. Right. So My problem is, <laughs> I, I have, I have a lot of of women in my community who are like, "You wrote about me in that book, didn't you?" And I'll be like, "I don't think so. I don't think so." And you know, oh, I can, yeah. you know, like sometimes, sometimes I'm like, "Was it? Did I?" And I'll, you know, like, for instance, I do have, in the, in the early Handyman, like the first series, I describe, like, the house I was in and the next door house, and, and it is a blonde woman next door, and stuff goes on. But it, but I had another blonde woman in mind when I was writing it. But now the, 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 the real, her husband, like, he just gives me this look of scorn now. And, uh, <laughs> and, she, and she, like, you know, like, the, it's gotten weird, and I'm like, I bet you two to one. I bet you two to one. 
they like read it and they're like, this has got to be me, you know? And, and so like, you gotta, you can't, well, I mean, you can't be careful, you know, you just, I mean, but just write on it. the other hand, it's you like, just write it. yeah, just write it. Yeah. Yeah. And if people want to believe that they're in the book, well then, you know, then it's good for you. Right. You could then, put me yeah. in the book. I'm a blonde too. With the color of the oh, okay. My yeah, hair, but you're not going to read it. So. My hair is blue, blue, purple, <laughs> yellow, blue, purple, green, and magenta and red. No, I'm serious. Okay, magenta. I'll have to write down. That, yeah, I know. That's the I, thing. You know, people, right, you know, it, I think there's so much. I mean, it's like everybody's so worried about what the next person thinks. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if it's too sexy, right. if it's not sexy, if it's this word is used, that word. Even when I'm watching TV now, I notice all of a sudden I see like, oh, they have like a, it's you know, a minute, I guess, where it's a, a, they get to, you know, take it out. They can cut it. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what happened right. here? I mean, why are we having this? Right. This isn't even anything so intense. You know, so I think it's, right. people should have the opportunity to read whatever they want to read, which is another problem that's going on. And so I think, you know, people should have freedoms. And, you know, when you're a writer, right. if you have to keep worrying, you know, which is one of the reasons for me for when I'm writing romantic comedy, it's so different than when I'm writing something that's not. And um, right. because I can't swear, my characters do not swear. And I, then I write, read the scene over and over again, and the dialogue, I'm thinking, oh, he needs to swear. He can't just say, you know. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. if I put if I put the word any words in that he's, you know, that my female or male says then it'll take me out of that market because they'll go berserk in the sweet romance. Right. But, I I mean, I am human, and I do swear. I didn't swear when I was sure. very young, but when I started writing, right. I had a lot of issues because I couldn't write. I felt like at the beginning uh, when I was doing screenplays, I didn't want to swear in it, and then I learned how to do that pretty easily, <laughs> and right. then I can't right. stop. Right. So when I'm writing a character, right. I think it is very difficult to be because I think people, everybody's. I mean, I don't know too many people that don't swear, or or let's put it this yeah. way, they pretend they don't swear. Right. <laughs> Listen, even 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 like the holiest, the holiest <laughs> sister of, of of the Blessed Virgin who lives in the convent, when she gets up in the middle of the night to take a leak and she stubs her toe, believe me, she says, "Fuck." <laughs> See, that's what I would say. And then, I she, was then she'll then she'll make the then she'll make the sign of the cross and say. Please pardon my language, Lord. See, that's what I was thinking. This morning I was getting ready, and I'm thinking every other word was that word. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how many times am I, when I'm talking to myself, I say it all. I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? I just keep saying that. It's just like a word, you know. And it's just that's what people do. It's a great word, though. It's a wonderful word. It's the best word. It describes everything. Right. It's anything. It's good, bad, evil, anything, and it, it's that's right. why it's really hard not to put that word in. And because yeah, I think, I think it was writing, Hemingway who said Hemingway who said, "Fuck is a great word when used as <laughs> anything but a noun." Um, which oh. again, it's one of his Hemingwayisms, which I'm not yeah. sure what he means. You know, kind of like write one true sentence. Like he would yeah, come up same. with these things that would make people scratch their heads a little bit. But I kind of get it. Well, you know why he came up with it? He didn't even think he'd be successful. So I guess he figured he lived a life where he just wrote and did whatever he wanted, not knowing how successful yep. he would ever become. Because, you That's know, when right. he died, yeah. it was, that was yeah. it. You know, yep. and 
and then we see why he drank so much because as writers, I don't drink, but I sometimes think, oh, probably I should be drinking. But <laughs> then maybe it becomes a little slow out there, you know, because it's yeah, true. Yeah, and he, he, did, he did pour a lot of life. He poured a lot of life yes. into fifty some odd years, sixty some yes, odd years. Dude, you know, and then I'm thinking in a lot of TV shows that I watch now, I noticed one thing that all the characters, I mean, really a lot of them. They sit down, take a bottle of wine, and just sit there and like chug it. Okay, and I'm thinking, what? They don't when they don't have dialogue or they're upset. That's what they do. I'm thinking, don't they have a solution other than just that? But they right, all do right. it. I've, I've seen it. They a lot of them times they take two two glasses out, sit with the other person, and they just finish the bottle off, and that's the scene without talking. Right. So you know they're animated. I think- yeah, I mean, I, 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 my PIs, my serial PIs I write about, they, they, they drink a good bit, but I think that goes with it. I mean, I'm a traditional hard-boiled writer, and I think yeah. it just goes with it. It um, does. But, but you, you have, like, Matthew Scudder, Lawrence Block's Matthew Scudder, who's a an, yeah. uh, reformed alcoholic, and uh, Jim Crumley had, I think it was Chagru who was a reformed alcoholic. So that's kind of just as interesting. Like when they don't take a drink, you yeah. know, yeah, I'd like to also, maybe get that, good, maybe yeah. explore that's a, that. That's an interesting, yeah. Yeah, because I think that, you know, characters are just what people are. They really are. But right. a lot of times I've noticed that they don't have a lot of dialogue going. I'm thinking, like, just tell us why, you you know. Or, in but what they do now a lot of, which years ago they didn't do as much, is everything is a flashback. So sometimes if you're watching something, you gotta. You really right. have to watch the TV because it goes back and forth and back and forth. And years ago, oh, I, I don't think people did that. It, it, you know, it's like, okay, what age are they? Then you have another character, you know, that's young, and then the older right. character, but they go back and forth. And I, and it, I think people. I don't know if they like it or not. I'm not sure. I think sometimes it's really good to think what happened in the past and maybe say a few words, but I don't know how back and forth works all the time, but they do it on TV constantly Yeah, now. yeah. The, the, uh, speaking of John Irving, he called it the dreaded flashback. Um, yeah. You know, that always happens yeah. around Chapter 7 or so. Right, you know, right. <laughs> uh, because you got to start, you got to fill in some of the whatever, and uh, I try to avoid it as much as I can, yeah. or I try to uh, intersperse yeah, because, it right. as much as I can a little bit, you know. Um, of course... If you're on, like, book 19 of Dick Moonlight and people have been following the series, you really don't even need to do too much of that, you know. But um, yeah, this is you know, but if it's a standalone, about, you need to do a little bit, you know. Yes. So when you have a series, though, okay, so to keep things straight, because we've been talking about that a lot, when you have a series, how do you – do you have, like, a, a chart to remember all these characteristics or things, or do you just write it and – let it flow. No, I I I just write it because I think about the, I think about all three or four of them all the time, mm-hmm. and they all know each other. They all they work together sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. They all, you know, they're all and like even um, they usually have like this one guy from the APD is always giving them work when the you know because the police are so un, underfunded and they need extra help and all this sort of stuff. Right. And like you know. Um, the chief detective, homicide detective, will be like, you know, jobs, I'm giving you this, or, or he'll be like, Moonlight, I'm giving you this job because 
not because I want to, but because I'd rather hire Marconi, who's better than you. But what, what am I going to do? And you know, like, you know, so like, it, right. they're all they're all really different, but they like each other and respect each other. And and um, if you were writing, it, if I had four detectives that private detectives that were the same guy, then it would be boring and it would be no point. Yeah, but right. each each one right. of these guys is so so different from the other. So I, I can remember. I can, you know, it, it, they're friends. It's almost like they're friends of mine, you know. Right. Well, that's good. Right. Yeah. Somebody once said that years ago, and they, you know, I think they were a vet, and they were saying that. And I always think of that because I think he passed away, but I think he would say when he's writing his characters, they're like sitting in front of him, so they're like with him the yeah. whole time he's writing. Yeah. You know, and I always kind of oh, remember sure. that. Fran, what do you think about a series? We're gonna probably almost done soon, but, but Fran, when you're reading a series that somebody's written. Do some of them, you know, stray off the beaten path and you don't follow some what the, they did? Some of the, I've asked these questions of authors. I sort of put them on the spot, but they know I'm going to ask it. And I've asked, said, how do you take your character in a series and make the plot different so that I don't fall asleep when I'm reading the next one? And that's, <laughs> right. that's a that's a tough question, yep. yeah, because yep. not uh-huh. every one of them, I won't say who, like, of course, Dick Belsey's great. Claire Carlson yep. is never the same, and Charles, yep. you never know what he's going to, of course, Vincent, you never know what he's going to write either. But yep. My, yep. My, my thing is this, that I interviewed Jane Ann Krantz last month, for real, and she put me on the spot, and she said, how do you get people to read your books? She said, people just don't read. And I sort of explained it to her. And how do you get young people to read? And that that's a thing I'm going to do on October 3rd. We're going to talk about how to get kids to read. Because oh, yeah. people are just, you know, Kindle is great and everything, but I don't care what you read, even if it's a comic book, but people are just not right. reading. Yeah. Except your books, of course. You mean, uh, actually, she, I, I think people do read. I, I You know, I do yeah. think they read, and I think they read on Kindle a lot. And, and I, they read, you know, I used to think, they read how on could you phone. read on your, yeah, I go, how could you read on your phone? This was at the beginning, and I went, of the, you know, I mean. and I went like, how, and I do it. And I'm going like, yeah, I, I do so much on my phone now that I never thought I would. But people do yeah, that me now. Too. I mean, you, I read on, I, I have read books on you know, on my phone, you know, and I used to think, how could they possibly do that? But if I'm sitting somewhere and I, you know, got nothing to do, what am I going to do? So I, they don't have magazines even in doctor's offices now because since COVID, nobody has anything. You don't touch anything. Right. You just sit there. If you go to the dentist, you just right. sit there, you know, and I'm not a right. really great person to just yeah. sit there. So, so I just oh, right. get my phone on and I look at, you know, I start reading or listening to something because I think people really do read. So, and I hope that that's still, I, I hate to think of a world with people not reading. This would be bad. Well, she yeah, gave no, me the no, impression no. that they don't read at all. And she said to me, how do I get people, you know, how do you get people to read? Um, how do you get people to to listen to your show? She sort of put me on this, but I said, I can tell you now that you're so popular that when I was asked to read your book and do a, do um, an interview, I said, everybody, there were people listening all over the place. So how yeah. can you think right. that, you know, people don't, people read what they right. want to read, which is fine, and who cares? I, yeah. yeah. I think, I'll say this, and then I know we're probably about ready to wrap up, but I think somebody like Krantz or, say, somebody like Harlan or, um, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the A-listers, the top tier, 
There was mm-hmm. a time where they were getting large six-figure and even seven-figure mm-hmm. advances, yeah. and yeah. they mm-hmm. were selling right. way more books. They were selling yeah. way more exactly. books than right. they are now, and now right. their advances mm-hmm. have shrunk, and their readership mm-hmm. has shrunk because mm-hmm. there's way more choices. And people yeah. are, are saying, well, like, like my sons, for instance, they're like, I'm not going to read it. And this is not taking away from her. I'm just using her as an example just because she, yeah. you mentioned her name. But I'm not going to read a Krantz when I could read this really cool indie author who comes from Japan and yeah. he's putting yeah. out the gra- yeah. greatest, you know, like yeah. noir or, ma- you know, like, and so, and I'm the same yeah. way. Like, I, I'm, I'm actually been reading just about every book that Down and Out puts out. Because like I'm like wow this is some stellar noir stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. and these are names yeah. like most people aside from like me and these are like Dave Zelterman, Les Egerton these there's a lot of names on the list um, that people haven't heard of and they would you know they'd be like well I'm supposed to pick up the Harlan Coben book not this one yeah. because that's what they're telling me in the big box store and now people just have way more choices to, to yeah. And they don't you know what, what they and regular and regular people do not care who the publisher is. They couldn't care less. No, I don't give a shit. The, the people no, that care do. about the publisher are the people that are published by the big houses. Right. They care. The yep. rest of the people, they want a good story. That's the name of my show. I went yep. back to the same But, Fran, because I always hear you say that on your show, oh, Marsha, from a good story is a good story. And I thought, oh, maybe I should That's use that That's very true. So, right. But yep. that is the truth. Yep. I had a manager. He told me that years ago. And it's right. A good story is a good story no matter who writes it. So, and I mm-hmm. think yep. that the publishers now – they need to take a look at all these other pub- people that are getting published, and they actually they yeah. are look, they are taking a look because that is why a lot of people are making money on independently published books, and mm-hmm. that's sure. the way it is. And yeah. I don't think it's going to go back to yeah. the way it was because they have an attitude that is one horrifying. Because I know I yeah. had fabulous authors, and they wouldn't even look at them, and now they're not writing right. anymore. And that's sad. Yeah, yeah. And now people yeah. can write. So, and yep. you know, on that note, I, you know, I think anybody out there that's listening, just write. That's why that's Vincent. Right. I, I and if you want to go on YouTube, and if you feel you're having a day, well, oh, should I write? Turn on his. Go into whatever. Yeah. Any any of the things that you have, any of your YouTube, they always have a little Please. something that you can take away from it and go, yeah. This guy knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, you know, sub- I like Please that. subscribe. Please yes. subscribe. <laughs> okay. The writer's life. Right, thank, you, thank you so much. Thanks for so much. Thanks for having on. me. Thank Great talking to you guys. Yes. Fran, I will, yes, come to you, I will come to you next time from Italy. Okay. We'll have you a will good be trip. there November, have a safe trip. November 16th. Right, exactly. Thank you. All thank right. You. We'll all talk right. to you guys later. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Bye. Fran, I will talk to you soon. Thank you both for being on the show. Bye.